Oh, it's Friday. Oh, how fun. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? Oh, God. That mushroom coffee's funky. What's up, John Whitwood? What's up, John? Dr. Muhammad, what's up? <laughs> what's up, everybody? Wow, it's Friday. This week flew by. Oh, my gosh. Good to see you guys. Hello, Mary. Look at the. So I just want to give Mary a shout-out really quick. She sent me pictures of giraffes, and you know how much I love that. So um, thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. I took down my art and put that there because it makes me happy. But everybody listening right now on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes. I said iHeartRadio. Yeah, everybody uh, right now in the podcast world, the radio world, welcome to Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. And hello, Facebook. Good to see you guys this morning. Yes, mushroom coffee, John. Mushroom coffee. Yes, I'm trying it, and it does not taste good, but it does make me feel like um, I feel like I'm flying. <laughs> anyway, it's good to see you guys. What's up, YouTube? Um, man, oh, we got picked up by a new station yesterday, and I forgot who it was, so forgive me. We'll talk about you next time, like next week. But thank you guys so much for the downloads, and thank you for the support. It's been a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good good things happening here. Mary, good to see you. Barb, good to see you. Mr. Bruce Bryant, always good to see you, my man. Um, yeah, that's right. The world's mayor is, <laughs> that is me. We have an amazing guest today, um, a terrific guest. I'm really, really excited about this. And um, man, the guests just keep getting better. We've always been blessed with a good guest, but it's just, it's it's so much fun to watch the show evolve and getting different types of guests. And our next guest is incredible. Um <clears throat> clear my throat. As I said, this is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude, brought to you by Anton J. Are you looking for to create credit, <laughs> create, read, create predictable, sustainable income? Anton J. will make your business better and you get the credit. If you are someone you know has a business who is not meeting its potential or does not have the infrastructure to support its growth, please call 619-394-6725. Anton J. has been described as guardian angels because they fix the past and safeguard the future. On today's episode, me, the world's mayor, interviews Mr. James Whitaker. James Whitaker was born in Australia and currently resides in Los Angeles, California. After a successful 10-year career in financial planning, he began his own entrepreneurial journey. Today, James draws on his diverse experience to help people reach their potential in all areas of life. That sounds awesome. James has been featured in publications around the world, including Entrepreneur, Money Magazine, and the Sydney Morning Herald. He's appeared on 80-plus podcasts and radio shows. Holy jeez. And spoken to audiences of 2,000-plus people. 
unbelievable. He is the author of best-selling personal finance and motivation book, The Beginner's Guide to Wealth, named Money Magazine's Book of the Month for March 2010. In 2018, his second book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, was released as the official companion to the multi-million dollar film based on Napoleon Hill's timeless classic. James is also proud co-executive producer of the film. Unbelievable. With a diverse entrepreneurial background, James has launched successful companies and products across a range of industries, including health, fitness, film, activewear, social media, and publishing. He is in demand internationally as a keynote speaker and is a frequent guest in the media and on podcast shows. James has interviewed more than 100 of the world's most revered entrepreneurs, business icons, and athletes to unlock their keys to success. Ladies and gentlemen, unbelievable. The one and only Mr. James Whitaker. How you doing, man? Good, Josh. How are you? I want to hear more about this uh, mushroom coffee. Oh, yeah. So John is asking about it, too. Um, I, I experiment with uh, different mushrooms from time to time in my smoothie, and they do different things. So today, because I'm doing a fast, um, I do, uh, I've, been, I've been doing intermittent fasting. Freaking love it. Well, today I decided that I would try mushroom coffee, which is in a mix of, of lion's mane and coffee. And it's kind of like an instant coffee drink. It does not taste good, but I got to tell you, I feel like I could fly if I jumped out my window. Can't argue with the results. <laughs> no, no. And you know what? If you've ever drank a pre-workout drink in your life before the gym, you know they don't exactly taste good. So <laughs> you you gotta you you go for the the you go for the result, not the uh, the actual taste, right? <laughs> That's right. So, James, first things first. What are you grateful for this morning? Today, well, I do a daily gratitude practice every single uh, morning with my five-minute journal, but the big one for me today was just the health of my loved ones. I think that was a, a really important one. That, oh, that's good. So for, so when did you come over here from Australia? Because this is always fascinating. There's, there's, this, there's an L.A. to Australia, Australia to L.A. connection that every time I go to L.A., I meet people from Australia, and then whether they're just here visiting or they're people that have moved over, and it just seems like there's a huge population. Like, are you part of that group that all moved over at the same time? Or what, what brought you here? I don't know. The The UK sent all their worst convicts over to Australia and then we made it to LA. So who uh, who knows? But there's a there's an Aussies in LA Facebook group and an Australians in LA Facebook group. So uh, we, we stick together. There's only 23 million of us, but we seem to be in every, uh, every corner of the globe. So uh, us Aussies have to uh, stick together. I got to ask you something that's completely off of any topic, but I, I remember I was in Taos, New Mexico. I lived there for three months and I was getting a massage from this woman and she goes, your energy is that of an Aborigine tribe in Australia. And they greet each other with headbutts. And every time I meet somebody from Australia, I tell them this story and they go, what are you talking about? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't done too many uh, too many headbutts down in uh, down in Australia with the uh, with the Aborigines, but I know in uh, in New Zealand the Maori population they get very close. Although I don't think it's a uh, a headbutt per se, and uh, most people would come off second best in a Maori headbutt. Well, hold on, let me rephrase it. They ha- they greet each other by touching foreheads, I, not I- a headbutt. <laughs> oh, I, miss, I, I misspoke in a big way. There's a big difference between a headbutt and touching heads. But <laughs> so I might bring I might bring it back to Australia. I'll be back there next month, so I'll uh, 
I'll uh, kiss heads with people and we'll see how it goes. Very. Are you so? Are you? Um, that's what it's called, kissing heads. I'm not, that's what I'm going to call it, kissing heads. Uh, so I got to be careful about saying that in West Hollywood, though. So anyway, what are you doing back in Australia? Are you going to speak or? Yeah, I got a book promo tour over there. So we'll officially be launching the the book Thinking Grow Rich: The Legacy out there to the Australian audience. So uh, that'll be that'll be great. We've got a few podcast shows lined up and some television and radio. So it'll be a fairly uh, yeah fairly busy three weeks. But I uh, yeah, it'd be good to get back. Uh, be good to get back home. That's a, that's really great. So I want to like, how did you fall into the thinking grow rich family? Because I that's just such a think everybody knows thinking grow rich, but that is such an honor to be able to use that namesake for your own book. I mean, anyone whether it's Cheryl, Cheryl Lecter and her book Thinking Grow Rich for Women, or like anyone that's able to use that title, that is that is such a it's a blessing. How did you fall into that? It is a tremendous honor. So I had the opportunity to meet the filmmakers. So they were bringing Think and Grow Rich to the big screen for the very first time. So I had the the opportunity to catch up with the team who was doing that. And then they explained a bit about the project to me and they could tell fairly quickly that I really appreciated just how big their vision was with this and, and I guess how many lives they wanted to impact around the world. And I just asked them if they were releasing a book alongside this this film and uh, at that time, they said they had a, a plan to, but they were very busy on the day-to-day running of the film. So a few days later, I, I spoke to Sean Donovan, and I basically pitched him a concept of something that, that he could do. And he said, wow, that's incredible. Uh, can you do it for us? And I said, yes, I can. I'll do the best job uh, I can. So I came on board as co-executive producer of the film and uh, author of the book. So it's fully endorsed by the Napoleon Hill Foundation, who have done an incredible job at keeping the Napoleon Hill, all his lessons and his legacy alive. The Bob Proctor has written the foreword of this book, who a lot of people might know Bob Proctor from The Secret. And as you said, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And it's uh, it was a project and a responsibility that I didn't take lightly, uh, contributing to the Think and Grow Rich and the Napoleon Hill library of, of knowledge. So it's something that I want to do justice to each day by just trying to uh, share these messages with as many people as I can around the world. What would you say the biggest mistake people make after reading Think and Grow Rich or even your book? I think the biggest mistake people make is that they read it like a novel. And for most people, that might be they read the first one or two chapters and think, oh, this is not what I expected. And then they put it in a drawer, never to be seen from again. Or they read it once and think, yeah, it was okay, but they don't take any action. And then they put it in a drawer, never to be seen from again. But the people who get the most out of it are the ones who read it with a notepad and pen and reread it. And over time, as they start testing these things and changing their life by taking consistent and purposeful action, that is where they start to recognize the power of the book and, more importantly, their own actions and once they start to have that bit of a sniff, that first bit of, a, of an inkling of how powerful the book is, that's when it's that's when it's game over and then they're a, a fan of the book for life. So Bob Proctor has read it every day for 58 years. Sharon Lecter reads it every year. Rob Dyrdek reads it every few years because you can only bring to it, like anything in the self-help field, you can only bring to it your life experiences to that point. So if you read it at the age of 15, it's going to be very, very different than if you read it at the age of 30 or 40. And a number of people who told me that they love just having it sitting on their desk because just staring at it made them feel better. So I think 
not <laughs> under, not understanding how to read it is probably the the biggest one. Like go in there expecting it to be a resource that you can sit down with a pen and paper and really come up with a plan as you're reading it, start to take action, feel every bit of success and and feel that inspiration as you go along and you can you'll see enormous results in your uh, in your own life. I um yeah, and I, it's funny you bring that up because it's so true. I I read Code of the Extraordinary Mind as often as possible. And every time I read it, it it's different. Uh, the Bible, you can read one verse one day and then read it the next, and it means something completely different. Um, and then Thinking Grail Rich I, is is the same kind of book. I'm looking forward to reading yours and seeing the differences between it and like how to... Because, you know, sometimes it's the messenger that delivers the message that helps you understand it. I mean, it, 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 understand it in a different way or maybe even comprehend it differently. Because I got to tell you, like the way some people write, like, oh, this makes perfect sense. But other people, I'm like, how'd they sell that many books? I don't get it. <laughs> like, it's, 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 This is a tr- struggle for me. So it's, I'm definitely looking forward to downloading it and uh, checking it out. How did you get into, like, what got you into personal finance and, and helping people with that? What drove you to get into that industry? So I had, a, I had a family connection with that. So my dad had always had a very big passion for financial literacy back in Australia. And I always saw from a young age the impact that he was able to have on people's lives. So I just naturally gravitated towards that, as did my brother and as did my sister. And we are three very, very different people. We're very, very close, but we're very, very different people. And in that 10-year career that I had in financial planning, I really saw the impact even more about just being proactive, getting on the front foot with your personal finance, just how important that was, not just to set you up, but also to cover your ass. Because if you didn't take all those steps when you were young, it can be very, very difficult if you have substantial credit card debt at a 20 or 22% interest rate for years and years and years. So being able to just to see how being engaged with your personal finance could enable you to not only look after yourself, but your loved ones. I thought that was really, really important. Absolutely. So what made what made you decide to leave that field and go into more of the personal development space and working with entrepreneurs? It was, I always loved doing the personal finance, but it wasn't, uh, I didn't really have this huge blazing inferno that this was supposed to be my life for the next 50 years. But I get that very strongly now with wanting to help people take ownership of their financial, physical, and mental health, because I feel like those three are a very, very close tie-in. So this enables me to use the financial background that I have, as well as the other experience and the things that I'm most passionate about, because every day I... You know, my brain wakes me up at, at 5 a.m. even if I want to keep sleeping just because I'm, I'm really excited to positively impact the world. And so for the first time in my life in the last two years, and I'm only 34 now, I really feel like I have stepped into this new life of being who I am. And so many people ask kids at a very young age, what do they want to do when they're older or what do they want to be? And it's like everyone needs to have this answer. But as long as you increasingly become a person of value, focus on building up your skills getting out of your comfort zone to meet as many people as possible and find out what really excites you. When you do have that opportunity, like I did with the Think and Grow Rich project, you are perfectly prepared because they can see that not only you can benefit them, but you are in a position to let them know how you can add value to their lives. And that was a really profound moment for me. So this whole self-help field right now, I actually want to bring a, there are some people in the field who I feel like don't have the integrity that they that they need. People wanting to charge people hundreds of thousands of dollars to reveal some secret to success. But I want to really just help people 
let them know that everything they need to succeed is already uh, with inside them. You already possess it. You just need to tap into those those God-given gifts that you have, come up with a plan, and then take daily consistent action that over time leads to extraordinary achievement. Well, and how much would your your finance background, how much does that play into what you're teaching now? It's it's great. Like you can, there are, in finance, it's a lot of little things like people spending money that they don't have, like spending less than you earn is one of the most foremost tenants of personal finance. But there are so many people who don't do it or don't understand it. Right. I, uh, I'm, I'm big on making sure all the money that I have available that I can invest into businesses and, and companies and invest in myself. That's what I want to do. And that is what I'm most comfortable doing. And I have had a lot of success in the share market, but other people, they might want to put their money in uh, in property because that is a competitive advantage that they have via their experience or via people that they know. But there, if there is someone who doesn't understand property and they decide to buy a brand new million dollar apartment, with money they don't have without really <laughs> understanding what can go on, that is a way that they can fall into a bad trap. So just being aware of common pitfalls is that is another thing that the financial planning background has enabled me to, yeah, just to help with, but also paying yourself first. Most people, they get their paycheck and they want to go to a, you know, a fancy restaurant or book a holiday or, or buy a car. But if you're actually putting that money to work for you, whether it's in an investment or it's it's automatically taken out, that is a great way to do it. And I don't know what it is here in America, but I, I every week I get a new credit card application in the mail. I don't know where these people got my got my name and my address from, but it's like, oh, James, you've been pre-approved for this uh, this credit card. Go out there and, and get spending. But uh, yeah, so just to try and encourage people to be a little bit more responsible, because if you properly allocate those funds you can turn that into something pretty uh, pretty cool over time. Oh, absolutely. I forgot the book, uh, it, the, the Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah. Is a profound. Good morning, Lauren Harris. Good to see you. Uh, and Elizabeth, great to see you guys. Thank you for joining. Tia, good to see you. Mary, wow. Okay, good to see you guys this morning. I, I forgot that I'm doing this on my other page, not my morning gratitude page. So now I'm seeing some faces I haven't seen in a while. So it's good to see you guys. Um <laughs> But I, yeah, I, I, I was reading, um, I just said it, The Richest Man in Babylon, and just like the law of saving and, and protecting your money and investing soundly and the people that you take advice from, and like these basic principles, why they don't have that as mandatory reading in school blows my mind because it's so simple. Like people overcomplicate finances and I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty. Like I've just now learned at 38 how to manage money, which is crazy. It's asinine to, for to me have waited that long to learn and, or, and even having the desire to learn and wanting to learn is crazy to me. So it's, it's, I, it's I, a, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very good point. And another big part about the original Think and Grow Rich that I really touch on in this book, Think and Grow Rich, the legacy as well, is that education by itself is meaningless. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters what you do with what you know. So our educational system right now rewards the regurgitation of facts that are of no real relevance in, in, in the business world. But if you need to look at creating a source of income to look after you and your family and contribute to the causes you care about, you need to create value in the marketplace. And the market doesn't care how many PhDs, MBAs or bachelor degrees you've got. It cares about how you look after your staff, how you look after your clients and your customers. It cares about the value that you add in the marketplace. 
is something that I've, I'm learning, and I, I talk about this a lot, but I'm a part of a, an emotional intelligence leadership academy. And one of the things that we've heard often through this process is million do- to be a, mil- a, a million-dollar company, you need a rock star at the helm. You just need a rock star. You need a guy that just knows his stuff, and he's awesome. But to be a billion-dollar company, everyone has to be a rock star. So that means train up people. You know, empower people, elevate them. Like, you know, don't keep them on the bench. Don't keep their voice suppressed. Elevate everybody. And and it's really amazing to me what happens when the the head of a company will work with the people underneath him, so to speak, to help elevate their message, to help them. Because when they take the time to do it, it's amazing to see what a company can do. And it, another thing that we struggle with, and Lauren Harris is the king of this message, about the ladder of success where people have this, you know, they're climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder. Well, you always have your head up someone's butt, one. And two, you're always stepping on someone's throat in that in that system. But when you turn the ladder sideways and he's, I'm butchering it, I'm sorry, Lauren. But when you work that, when you turn it sideways, it allows you to collaborate and see where you've come from. And just, it allows everybody to rise together. And I really do like this mindset. And I wish more people would would do that and teach that because and I I do think it's changing. I think that the world is starting to shift a little bit for all the right reasons. But I it is is blown me away watching some leaders struggle with that. Yeah, and that's the, that's the mastermind principle of, of think and grow rich as well. It's that the that the sum is worth far more than the individual part. It's like Elon Musk. He hasn't built a single car. He hasn't. He's not on the tools building the spaceship. He surrounds, like Steve Jobs never built a single iPhone. They surrounded themselves with people who aligned with their values and could help turn their dreams to life. It's such an important part about surrounding yourself with people so you can all uh, you can all rise up together. And and But also to take that a step back, it's so important to find your tribe, find the people where you have a common purpose and common values. That's That's another really important step in finding what really ignites that fire deep inside you. And but that's yeah, you're right. And the only way to find the right tribe, and I preach this on the show every day, is to live your truth, to speak your truth. Like you can't, you can't 98% of the truth, 70% of the truth, 60% of the truth, like none of that works. And none of that aligns you with the right tribe. Because when you and I know this from I know this the hard way, when you're not willing to live your truth, you don't you don't attract the right people and whether it's a universal law or whatever it is i can tell you honestly like when i was like hiding this 2% and thinking oh this is the big scary stuff it's going to scare everyone away every business deal i had going fall apart at the last end like everything i had to count on I'm like what is going on well, the reason is i'm not attracting the right people into my life because i'm not putting out the truth and it's when i shifted that it changed everything for me it's such an important part yeah I, I completely uh i completely agree that's why having something like the five minute journal or just having some type of structured daily gratitude practice and i feel like i'm sure you'd probably agree with this that social media these days has i guess increased that level of people trying to you know it's almost like they're purposefully being their non-authentic self but if they can really show the world their vulnerabilities and who they are and get people excited and uh, appreciate them and the situation that they're in. That is such a great stepping stone to being able to, as you said, attract that tribe of people where you can then 
grow together and, and figure out, you know, how to take each other to the next level. And it, it is beautiful too. And there's so, and there is so much power in vulnerability and for men to not you know, really men, we're the guilty ones of this because we always, we've been told that, yo, don't cry, be macho. And what that does is it forces us to say we're okay when we're really not, it keeps us from being willing to ask for help. And guess what? As an entrepreneur, this is who you coach, you know, who you coach and who you work with. As an entrepreneur, you get to ask for help. That's part of it. Collaboration is amazing. It's, it's, it's cool to collaborate because you know what? Yeah, maybe you don't make as much money by, by collaborating, but guess what? You also have less headaches and it gives you the opportunity to keep doing deal after deal after deal where you're not just searching for that one grand slam. Because sometimes just doing a deal with somebody is what gets you to the next level to do even bigger deal. So true. And being a, the entrepreneur life can be very, very lonely, especially for people when they're, when they're first starting out the first couple of years. And it can be, I know it, dep- it differs for each person, but for me, an important part that I realized through this entire process and interviewing all these people was that I was good at being very nice to other people but I wasn't very good at being nice to myself. And I had a bit of a negative feedback loop. I would get very, very frustrated. <laughs> and when I became aware of this negative self-talk, which I, I wasn't even overly aware that I was that I was doing it. And then when I interviewed Rob Deerdeck, and he told me that a guy by the name of Dr. George Pratt, who's a, he's a clinical psychologist, he does hypnotherapy and a whole heap of other cool things. He's based out of La Jolla in California, probably right between the two of us. Yeah. I went down and... Uh, I went down and saw George and he he tried to uh, home in on what all that stuff was, what this what this feedback loop was, and then gave me some, I guess, some uh, some training, some ways that each day that I could create a more positive feedback loop around I deeply love and accept myself. I deeply love and accept myself. And it's very, very hard to do that, I think, especially as as men to get comfortable saying I deeply love and accept myself, but it is such an important part of self-esteem and being uh, and living your authentic self. Oh, you're right. You know what mine is? It's okay to ask for help. <laughs> I'm okay with asking for help. I am okay. <laughs> I'm okay for asking for help because I, honest to God, have tried to just take everything on myself for years and I'm one of the things that I get I've been breaking through is my desire to ask for help. And it's OK because I, I can't do everything alone. I can't do it all. And, and, it, and that's OK. You're not supposed to be able to. God put us here to collaborate and to work together and to help each other. I mean, it's not ever meant to be just about it's not ever meant to be about us as individuals. So true. So true. That's awesome, man. So I want to know um, because it's not in your bio and. I want to know what deep down, like what is the the social or just injustice in the world that deep in your core just it, it just rocks you, like that when you see it and you're just oh, and you it makes you fighting angry. Like what is that? What is that cause that gets you inspired and ready to take on the world? To me, to it me, is people who aren't aware of what's possible for them if they took the right steps to get out of there of their lives. So many people are just not aware that there is a better way and they're not sure how to take that first step to realizing what's possible for them. So a big thing that I'm trying to, and I've been doing this for for about eight years now, I've been working with 
disadvantaged schools and, and people from low-income areas to help them realise because they have had some, I guess, more negative conditioning than most. We're all susceptible to an enormous amount of limited belief thinking and negative programming, but to show these people that they don't need to repeat the cycle, that with the right resources, with the right thinking, with the right people, they can live exactly what life they want. And another big thing in this book, Thinking Grow Rich, The Legacy, which is a collection of stories, it's the people in here who they never take temporary failure as permanent defeat. People like Jim Stovall, who people tell me they can't do something. And then I tell them the story of Jim Stovall, who at the age of 17 was told he would go totally and permanently blind, which he did two years later. And then he wrote 30 best-selling books. And then he was the founder, the Emmy Award-winning founder of the Narrative Television Network. And do you know how many books he wrote when he was before he was blind? How many? Zero. Not a single one. So here he is. Once he was blind, he wrote thirty best-selling books. So the the excuses that people have, they just don't know what is possible for them, and they don't know how to put a plan in place and surround themselves with the right people to make that happen. So that, to me is the biggest cause of injustice that we really greatly reduce and diminish our belief and our idea of what's possible. So my whole mission for the rest of my life is to elevate people's belief of what is possible for them and to help them create a definition of success for them. That is beautiful. And the very and, and, and to your point is you by by the, Sometimes it just takes being willing to go, this is where I'm at in life. This is what I'm struggling with. These are the things, I, I, whether it was I was hurt or this or that. Not, a, not saying it as a victim, but just being willing to share with someone from a heart space what's going on with you and where you're at in life. That alone sometimes can be the very thing that gets you back on the track where you need to go to fill your purpose, because it may be that your purpose is sharing your personal pain for the betterment of other people. Because sometimes sharing your story or sharing your message, again, if it's true, but sharing your message sometimes can be the very thing that saves and empowers someone else. Maybe your calling is being an author. Maybe your maybe your calling is being a motivational speaker. Whatever it could be, the ministry it could be anything. But sometimes it just takes being willing to be vulnerable enough to go, my life sucks right now. Yes, I have things to be grateful for, but this is what I'm going through. This is where I'm at. This is how I feel. And in this. And then all of a sudden, it's funny how the universe opens up for you and says, oh, you start bringing people. Oh, my God, your story touched me. That empowers you to go, oh, wait. okay. so this living truth thing works. All right. All right. I'm doing better. I'm doing. And you make progress. I've, I've seen that hundreds of times. And another another big thing is that, that frustrates me is where people, they want to put in the work for a week or they want to put in the work for three weeks. But it's being it's consistent action, consistent, simple action. You do not need to jump over the Grand Canyon on your first leap. Do no. the work that day one requires. And there was someone who uh, recently they started their own podcast and I know that they have a tendency to not stick with things. And they asked me if I could be on their podcast. And I said, I will be on your 100th episode just to let them know, hey, that's another nice benchmark for them. Just keep it simple. Keep it consistent. That is what turns these into extraordinary 
actions over time, extraordinary results over time, should I say? Yeah, you can't win the race. Like, no, I mean, I've just butchered the expression I was about to use. Oops. Um, <laughs> Got to love live radio. Anyway, I no, I mean, it, it just it is. That's the thing. And what I I try to always make things simple. Like right now, we're getting ready to do a fundraiser for an amazing organization. Um, a group of us are. We're doing a fundraiser, and it's we have this goal, and we're looking at it like, oh, we have one hundred fifty thousand dollars is the goal. But that when you look at that number and you want to do that in two weeks or a week and a half, whatever the date is, it's like, oh my god, you start to tell you those those creeping thoughts start to creep into your head and going. Man, how are we going to do that? But if you look at it where, hey, I just, you set a goal. And we're like, you know what? I want to find 10 donors and focus there. And you know what? You may get a $5 donor. You may get a $10 donor. But then the next one's 500 The next one's 1000 And it goes back to $5 and 10 But if you focus, I think, on that, the, the step, all you need to do is take the first step. When you wake up in the morning, take the first step. Take the step, first step towards your purpose, the first step towards your goal. You just need one. And some days it's a jump off a bridge, but some days it's just a step. But as long as you are making progress towards your purpose, towards your goal, taking a step every day, you will get there. And it's going to happen. You get rewarded for those steps. Definitely. I've actually got a success plan template that I use that maps out your different goals. But the very first column is your perfect destination. So you think about what that perfect destination is for your personal, financial, what materialistic goals do you have for your family, for your professional life? And once you're clear on what you want, it is so much easier to take that first step to figure out what do I want to accomplish in the first 90 days and what do I need to do today that uh, that will get me there. It's actually the whole theme of my email coming out on uh, on Monday. So if anyone wants to go to my website and subscribe to uh, my email and grab a free bonus chapter, I've, I'm going to be including a, a editable template that people can use in their in their own lives. What? So you have that template? We can get it. Yeah, I'll be emailing it out on uh, on Monday. I'll probably post it on my Facebook page as well. But if you go to my website, James Witt with two T's, so J A M E S. W-H-I-T-T dot com. And if you click the bonus chapter link on there and enter your email, I'll make sure you get the, uh, yeah, you'll get a free bonus chapter from Thinking Grow Rich for Legacy. And you'll also get my email on Monday that will have the success plan template in it. There'll be an Excel version, a, a PDF version, so people can do whatever they want to do with it and help change their lives and change the world. I, I need that. I want that template. <laughs> <laughs> All yours, that. Josh? I'm going to post it right here too. Connect to the drafts. That's right. I love. I, yeah, yeah. You'll 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 understand the draft thing a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, what? Tell me what you're like. Tell me about a selfish goal that you have for yourself. Because I mean, you're service minded. You're about empowering other people. But what's a selfish goal that you have? Oh, I don't really. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good question. A selfish goal. I, I love asking people that are service minded what their selfish goal is because they never know the answer. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit shot, but I suppose it's for me. I've. I've always stood behind the companies and the products that I have built. So for me, walking into this new life as having a personal brand. I only launched this Facebook page two months ago, and I guess it's. I really want to grow that. So I guess that's a. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if that would be considered a, a selfish goal, it's it's not always the most comfortable thing to do to want to be sitting there and recording, 
you know, videos all the time. But I also know that, so it's a bit of a selfish goal for want, for me to want to grow that personal brand. But I also, at the same time, hope that that gives me a platform to be able to, uh, to help more people too. Do you know what I want to do? Do you know what my selfish goal is? Tell me. I want to be uber successful for being me. Meaning, because when I first started on this personal journey of, of you know, learning to brand myself and put myself out there and share my story because I have aspirations of being a T.D. Jakes-like person, not necessarily, I want to go into darker corners of the world and help people. Like, I, I want to deal with the ugly stuff that no one, people want to act like isn't real. But I want to be T.D. Jakes, the movies, books, TV, show, all of it. I want to do all of it. But I want to prove to people that one, you can be somebody that has been in jail six times, has been mentally ill, has been an addict, has HIV, has blow, and go on and on and on and on. You know, I, I want to prove that you can do that, have that happen in your life, and then you can turn it around and become successful, and you can do it by being 100% authentic and truthful about who you are and where you've been, where you've come from, and what you want to do in the world. I want to prove that that can happen. Like I'm insistent. The only reason why I don't give up, because believe me, it hasn't been easy. Like brands don't necessarily get real excited, even though that's what I do for people is, is, is help them with their brand and endorsements and sponsorships and stuff like that and connecting people. But that, that is that I I've, I've had people back out of me at the last minute because they go, they watch a Facebook video I did and I'm talking about something that's brutal, but talk about how I overcame it. But they're like, well, you're probably not the best face for our brand. Um, and, and I get it, you know, like, okay, so there goes that money that I was expecting, but I want to prove that you can be a hundred percent authentic in this world that we live in. You can be a hundred percent authentic and real and genuine and speak your ugly truth and be successful. That's my selfish goal. I love it. Bravo, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, man, listen, I am, um, I'm so excited about your book. I, I, I cannot wait. I'm going to, I'm actually going to your website as soon as we get off here. And um, I, I'm going to download that bonus chapter because I want that email on Monday because I'm going to utilize that plan. <laughs> and then Sounds I'm going to talk about it on my show about how that plan is helping us achieve our goal as a group. It's going to happen. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so listen, James, for coming on the show today. I'm going to give you a giraffe. <laughs> I, I actually love giraffes as well. I was listening to a previous interview you, uh, you did where I heard the, about the giraffes. So uh, I've been a huge fan of giraffes myself. So, uh, yeah, we found our tribe. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you going to do with the giraffe? You cannot sell it or give it away. Oh, I have to buy a bigger block of land, I guess. <laughs> where in L.A. do you live? Do you live like in Hollywood or... Marina Del Rey, where land here is very, very expensive, so I might need to, I might need to move to uh, Iowa. Uh, no, you can take the giraffe next to all the boats. You can just <laughs> yeah. walk up and down. Take him swimming down the marina, down the Venice boardwalk, maybe to Muscle Beach. <laughs> the giraffe with them. Oh, man, take the giraffe to Gold's Gym on Venice. Is it amazing? <laughs> I love that idea. I love it, man. James, you are a blessing, my friend. Continued success to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Anything I can do to help, just let me know. All right. God bless, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Oh, he was cool. I love that. I, this is what I like about not, um, not pre-interviewing people when you just get to learn about them. 
What a great guy. What a great guy doing amazing things for people. So you guys, um, James Witt, I'm going to write it down in the comments here again for you. You guys check this out. Go download his bonus copy. First, go buy his book. Uh, buy his book, but then get the bonus chapter. And then you're going to get an email on Monday that helps you lay out a strategic plan about how to reach your goals. How cool is that? I like that. I like value. I like it when people offer value on this show. You're in Santa Barbara. You can have you can have the giraffe in Santa Barbara. All right, guys, listen, God bless you. Thank you so much for all your support today. Yeah, everyone's a big fan of James. He did amazing today. He was great, right? Uh, Brad French, my friend, good to see you. Eileen, always wonderful to see you. Bonnie, uh, who else is here? Spencer, my man. Wendy, God bless all of you. Julie, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, it's been a great day. It's been a great week. Really appreciate it. Appreciate your shares. Appreciate your likes. Uh, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Thank you guys so much for the downloads this week. You guys be amazing and God bless. Uh, rule last quick, I want to give a shout out. A special thank you to FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital was created by entrepreneurs tired of seeing other entrepreneurs or new ventures guided to loans that only benefit lenders. Call 619-394-6725 because their mission is to help you secure the best capital in conjunction with providing the necessary education to help you master your future business growth and success. Guys, great company. Also, shout out to Anton J. Thank you so much, Brad French. Um, the Think and Grow Rich. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm out. Thank you so much, guys. Take care.